Hello everybody and welcome to Bitchin' Brew, a podcast about music, life and everything in between. Uh, my name is Danny Randon, I'm your host as ever and this is episode number 30. Yay! Uh, I, I, I'm sorry, I promise I will stop celebrating every 5th or every 10th episode soon. I think it's probably... You know, episode 30 is really cool to reach that, but I think I'm probably more stoked about the fact that we started this year on episode number 15, which means that uh, we've doubled the amount of episodes of Bitch and Brew that exist in 2018, and, and, and we're not even at the end of the year yet. So, you know, that's pretty awesome. And uh, yeah, like I said, episode 13, just cool to reach that that uh, that cool number there. I don't know what that's represented in a... in in stone form, obviously 25 being silver, 40 being ruby, I don't quite know what 30 is, but uh, yeah, buy, buy, buy me something nice. Um, <laughs> it's It's been a little while, which, you know, is probably why uh, over the next few minutes you'll hear me going, uh, 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 a lot, and, and tripping over my words. It's possibly a little bit of a uh, little bit of ring rust um from having September off, but also because I think this is the first time in a long time where I'm doing the intro and outro to this podcast without a sort of word for word script of what I'm going to say. Um I felt like I'd become maybe a little bit reliant on just reading things off the page and and it kind of ruined my brain a little bit, so it's kind of nice to just jot some words down and and try and go off the cuff again so apologize if it's a little bit all over the place but um uh but you've tuned in this far and you've not hopefully you've not turned off at this point so let's crack on um like i said i had september off with the podcast so it has been a few weeks since the last episode thank you to everyone who checked out episode number 29 with uh, matt and tom from haggard cat um but it was yeah it was great to kind of step back and and reflect on the 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 mad summer that we had with bitch and brew obviously over festival season and really just to look back on all the awesome episodes that we recorded going well really I suppose as far back as May when we went to Teddy Rocks Festival and it had kind of been a little bit non-stop since then so um, obviously I say I had September off it was really only off from the podcast I obviously still had to go to my day job um, but I did get to go on holiday that was really nice I spent a week in uh, Spain uh, did a lot of coastal walking and uh, you know sitting on the beach drinking big beers and big bigger pictures of sangria but we also got to you know take a couple of little city trips went up uh, up to Barcelona I went there for the first time last year and it was it was amazing but this time we you know we last last time when we went we tried to sort of cram everything into one day and this time we just sort of chilled out we we went to the Sagrada Familia and that was sort of really breathtaking if you've if you've been to that place then you know just how sort of mesmerizing it is and the sort of level of human achievement behind it is is almost kind of emotional but um yeah we also just sort of you know mooched around the gothic quarter which was which was really really nice as well and just sort of chilled out and uh, got a different side of barcelona i suppose the less sort of hectic side and um also went up to figueres which is you know real real catalonia real old 
old old school, no old old fashioned, maybe a little little less touristy. It's where the Dali Museum is. So if you ever get to go to the sort of a, if you ever get to go to the Catalonian area of Spain, would highly recommend a day trip to Figueres. Um, but that's enough of that. We're not on location, location, location. At the end of the day, we're on a music podcast. Um, so yeah, I, I suppose also I tried to try to get a little bit back into writing because obviously originally I'm a music journalist and I feel like again with the mad summer that we did have with Bitchin Brew I, I kind of fallen fallen away from writing a little bit maybe not necessarily intentionally it was just because I was so busy just uh, kind of taking a bit of a back seat so I've been doing a bunch of stuff for the website Punktastic you can go over there check out some of the uh, album reviews I've written some of the live reviews can do a couple of interviews for them and it's kind of made me fall back in love with writing again which is something I really really needed uh, you know after uh yeah, the sort of the course of 2018 uh, so far but uh, I'm raring to go again we're back it's episode number 30 like I said I've got a, a lovely bottle of uh, Brewdog Elvis juice on the go mm. it's a delicious beer grapefruit infused uh, IPA and I'm feeling proper proper autumnal now I had some uh, pumpkin bread earlier some lovely homemade pumpkin bread with chocolate chips that my girlfriend baked it was fucking amazing and we've got all the sort of the blankets and brush cotton bedding out now and tart and everything it's it's feeling very autumnal in my household and you know what I love it it's one of the best times of the year for me so um weirdly enough we've gone into lifestyle programming again first talking about you know a holiday programming and now we're on uh what's one of those interior shows we're on amazing interiors which is an awesome little series if you haven't watched it on netflix yet but uh man i'm yeah really into those uh really into those property shows got a weird thing about it but hey let's go back to the podcast shall we um yes uh it feels great to um to have on episode number thirty a returning guest um or or guests I I you know I should say plural um it's not very often that we've had returning guests on Bitch and Brew it's sort of a semi conscious decision just because I feel like the podcast is still relatively in its infancy there's loads of people I've wanted to get on the podcast for a long time that we haven't had the opportunity to yet so you know having guests back on has uh, not been sort of a top priority but this one's a little bit different um my guests for this episode are the canadian rock and roll band the dirty nil um all three members of them so uh singer and guitarist luke bentham uh bassist ross miller and drummer kyle fisher um all returning to bitch and brew um obviously you uh, might have heard them on the 2003 special episode number 27 which came out a couple of months back and that was slightly different i only had 20 minutes with them at trees as opposed to the usual 45 minutes to an hour for a full podcast and as soon as we'd done recording i had so much fun it was Luke's birthday, they were, uh, they, you know, not long finished their set, they were fucking hammered and I think pretty stoned at that point and we just had a lovely time and chatted loads of shit and I knew instantly after recording that I had to have them back and that's kind of rare, once, once I'm finished recording it's like, well that's cool, I'm really glad I got them on but as soon as I finished recording I was like, damn I could easily chat to you for like another hour 
But, um, you know, obviously that's the way it goes at, at, um, at festivals. There's lots of press there. I'm not the only person in the press tent there and they had to go off and do their thing. And that's totally cool. I was just like, you know what? Next time they're back in the UK, let's get them on. And lo and behold, I think it was literally only a couple of weeks after 2000 Trees Festival that they announced some shows back in the UK um, and in Europe as well. I believe they went over to Germany for Reaperbahn Festival, uh, which is a festival I've always wanted to go to. But um, uh, yeah, they did uh, a few shows in the UK, one of which was in Southampton, which is just down the road from me on the south coast. Uh, so I hopped on a train, uh, bought some beers and brought them to the Dirty Nil and what, uh, you know, the results you're about to hear on this podcast. Um, I suppose what's quite nice and quite different about uh, this podcast and, and kind of different from uh, the last time the Dirty Nil were on is uh, the fact that their new album is out now. It's their second album. It's called Master Volume and it's out now on Dine Alone Records. And man, I am running out of ways to describe how fucking phenomenal it really is. It's it's an amazing sort of follow-up to their debut album, which is called Higher Power. It was one of my favourite albums of 2016. If it didn't make it into the top 10, it was sort of very, very close. Um, but obviously it's getting to this time of year now where I'm starting to look at what my albums of the year might be. And I think I make it fairly clear at the start of this podcast that if it's not my album of the year, then Master Volume is at the very least in in sort of strong contention. There's been a few albums out recently which are really threatening that sort of that top spot of our album of the year. But Master Volume, oh man, it is like I said, in strong, strong contention for the top spot. So it feels great to 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 get the band on now. The album is out there in the big wide world. Uh, we recorded this one in their van outside the joiners in Southampton where they played. Um, had some beers, had some nice cans of, uh, of Camden Hills Lager. And um, this chat has a very different vibe i would say to the first time they came on it's a little less raucous but um you know it's still really good fun uh, it's it's one of the best chats i've done on here recently and i i i've loved all of the chats i've had on here so far but this one was a real big highlight for me so um that's probably enough of me waffling i've already gone on for 10 minutes and you probably here to listen to the dirty nils lovely voices so um let's dive right into that Obviously, we're going to play a song from them first. So I wanted to play a couple of album tracks from Master Volume um, because at this point I'm hoping you've heard the the singles from the album at the very least. So songs like Bathed in Light and Pain of Infinity, I Don't Want That Phone Call. Um, I want to kind of deviate from those a little bit because, you know, hopefully you have heard them at this point and, and play some of my personal favourites uh, from master volume so it feels only right to open this podcast uh, with the opening track from the album so you can check out my chat with luke kyle and ross from the dirty nil right after this this is the opening track of their new album master volume it's called that's what heaven feels like
You know we've started recording already. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Hi. I'd like to think that Metallica just like wrote Enter Sandman by tapping on a beer can. I that that definitely works though, right? They're tapping on a beer can to stop it from fizzing over? I think so. It's at least a spiritual assistance. Uh, <laughs> it currently didn't work for me. But Everybody has their uh, their old wives. Their ritual. Yeah. Oh, there we go. It didn't work for me. Yeah, well, yeah. Whatever. We got beers. Could have been worse, bro. Cheers. <laughs> Could have blown up the whole thing. Cheers, cheers yeah, everybody. Cheers, 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 cheers. Clink. There we go. This seems to be a recurring theme. I think, like, well, the last time you guys were on the podcast, obviously, we were drinking, well, you guys were all drinking a bottle of Jackie. We were. Yeah, we were. It was your birthday, Luke. It was. How was the rest of your birthday? It was fantastic. We went to a bar, and uh, I got some uh, some chips. Yeah. And a bunch of Guinnesses. The people there were very nice. Was yeah. it like a proper country pub or something? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, just a tiny little the Guinness pub. Extra Cold. That's right. I'm trying to remember what it was called. It had a funny name, and that's why we went there. Was it in, um, it was 2003, so was it in Cheltenham? Ch- yeah, it was yeah. Cheltenham. Yeah. Ah, very nice. Shout out to that bar. <laughs> oh, it was the Sup and Chow. The oh, Sup and Chow. Chow. Yeah, Kyle won 50 pounds. Yeah, the, won some money. The what? Sup and Chow is what it was called. The Sup and Chow. Yeah, like Sup I think it was just Sup and Chow. Sup and chow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just Sup, just sup and Chow. Like, Sup and chow. Yeah. Yeah. And they had a they had a VLT. Yeah, they had a VLT in there. I want some money. Pretty chill. What's a VLT? Uh, Video lottery terminal? Or Oh yeah. Right. right. So, so like one of those things where you like play the quiz games or like... Yeah, you put money into it and you Yeah. Like the gambling machines. Yeah, exactly. Alright, okay. I gambled on that tour and I lost. I bet on Croatia for the World Cup and I Uh okay. I got fucked. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I feel like that was. I mean, I'm not like I'm not into football at all. I'm not. Me neither. I'm not a sports guy. Like I was only... learning about the game at, after I placed my bet. I was just like, you know, what's a good way to blow money? Betting on the underdog. And uh, as predicted, they lost. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah. I, I mean, I must admit, I ended up in like a few pubs watching the England games because we we're like, oh, we're such a terrible team. We've not been good in years and I don't know anything about football so I was just like yeah that that was that was good they kicked the ball there and yeah yeah and then by the end of it I was like you know what fuck everything I've said about football beforehand because I'm having the best time ever. yeah this, this is, is like fine. getting <laughs> the the communal spirit of like going to any watching any sports game with like a bunch of people or a, you know it's yeah. tenfold when you're there you know mm. when you're at the games like I don't really give a shit too much about hockey but I love going to NHL games oh really it's so fun yeah, yeah, hockey games are great. Baseball's a little different. It's a bit slow for my taste. I'm just not invested enough inherently in the game. But... So so I assume Maple Leafs you go and see? I'm a Maple Leafs guy, yeah. Okay. Very, very peripherally and passively, yeah. <laughs> my father loves the Maple Leafs and so I I I I, I'm interested uh, in my father's happiness. That's kind of the, the limit of my, my, my Maple Leafs uh, um, fandom. I, I used to go and watch football all the time with my dad. We had like a little team and our sort of uh, like it was it was barely like it wasn't like big leagues or anything. But I had, I had a sort of big Premiership team that I support. I supported Manchester United yeah. for a long time. And they played the uh, like a cup final on my birthday, my tenth birthday. Oh really? Oh. And they lost. And oh. I've, I've hated football ever since. Oh, Taught you something about life on your tenth birthday. Yeah. Absolutely, it's such a such a 
such a hard way to enjoy your birthday when yeah. you yeah double the digits double the pain yeah <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, uh, I mean, this has probably been the, the, the quickest I've ever invited someone back onto the podcast because well, we're, we're, we're in our infancy, of course. Uh, as you'll hear, I'm here with all three of the Dirty Nil. Um, or should I go round so everyone kind of gets distinctive voices and stuff? Sure. Yeah, let's, should we so, do that? So yeah. I'll, I'll start with on lead vocals and lead shredding guitar, Mr. Luke Bentham. How Hello, how's it going? <laughs> Out there, everybody. <laughs> it's your buddy Luke. <laughs> I'm in a van. <laughs> on um on uh, lead bass. That's right. Extra, extra lead bass. Extra lead bass. <laughs> uh, Ross- Leader bass. <laughs> Leader, yeah. Lead bass and backing bass. Yes. At that, the same time. Yeah. I yeah I, I like to back myself up. Yeah. Super like, bass. A yeah. symphony of low end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ross Miller, how you doing? I am swell. <laughs> uh, in the van as well. Uh, it's a beautiful place to be. It is. It, it it's quite dark. More, it has more TVs. I would say this is than the... my room. Yeah. We're just saying something. We're just saying there's a lot of TVs in my room. <laughs> <laughs> and this then is maybe the nicest van we've ever had. Yeah. It's, it's really nice. It's yeah. very very nice. And then on on lead drums we have uh, Crimple. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Coming back back to bite me in the ass. Ah. What actually, where did Crimple come from? I think it was touched upon in the last podcast. I was just super hungover in New York for some reason, and something came up about nicknames like, Kyle, why don't you change your own nickname? And I was just like barely holding my life together in the backseat of this like cab we were in. I was just like, Crimple. <laughs> and then I was like, what the fuck did I just say? Christ. And then I couldn't live it down. Yeah, it was like a baby to this day. born. Mm-hmm. Christ yeah. and Dimple yeah. is what is the amalgam yes. of, I think we yes. said about last time. But no, Carl Fisher, to give That's you your me. real name. Um, no, w- welcome back to, uh, to to Bitch and Brew. We've got some nice cold cans of Camden Hell's Lager. Yeah, I figured excellent. we'd go in for a pretty satanic time. Well, it was either yeah. a punk IPA or a Hell's Lager. Lagers. So did I go for the right thing? You yeah, did, 100%. Right, right. It was £1.50 cheaper, so, you know. Well, that's always the best bet. Being being uh, being budget-friendly as well. Maybe go get some chips after. <laughs> mm. Oh, mate, it's the nicest. You had some of my chips, They actually. were so good. They were oh, really, really so good. Many. Chips and curry sauce. Whoa. It's a, it's a wonderful world, ladies and gentlemen. Dude, is curry, chips and curry sauce feels like a very... British thing. Yeah, yeah, we don't what have that. what yeah. do you have on your? Well, I suppose your fries. We got poutine. Right. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Poutine's the Canadian deal. Gravy and cheese curds is the big thing. Yeah. Oh man. Gotta this be curds. They put like shredded cheese on that shit. Fuck off. Uh, Get yeah. out of here. Yeah. It's still cheese though. It's still okay. It's passable, but it's not the true. Put cheese on the world. It's not the yeah. truer cheese. As they pronounce it. Pretend. Well, I wanted to get you guys back on the podcast. Obviously, now the album's out, and mm-hmm. um, you know, probably a spoiler for the uh, for the albums of the year special. But I think it's my favorite album of the year well, so thank far. You. Yeah. Thank you, Dan. Um, you send it in like a nobody uh, released uh, any more records this year. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and the like polls a, are closed. A, a, crowd, a, a crowd applause <laughs> in the podcast. I don't. I probably sounded less enthusiastic than I should have done. I mean, it's my fucking album of the year. Like, Woo! I like it. I like the subdued. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> um, and uh, you know, I want to get you guys on for more of a chat about the album. Although we'll probably end up talking about fucking fast food again. And well, one thing I wanted to uh, get um, get you guys back on for because Luke, before we started recording at 2003, you you saw obviously the mug with the bitch and brew logo on it, and you told a, a phenomenal anecdote about uh, was it? Uh, it was either your your is it your godfather or your uncle? Who was in Miles Davis's band? No, he saw he saw Miles. Oh. Da- oh, he saw Miles <laughs> Davis on the Bitch and Brew tour. Right. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yes. On the on the Bitch and Brew tour, yeah. which is obviously like what I'm kind of named a little bit after. Yeah, very cool. Mm. Um, yeah, he had a great uh, he had a great uh, story about seeing them at Massey Hall, Miles Davis, and um, I guess what is it? Six? Is it nineteen seventy seventy one? Is that album? I can't, I can't remember yeah, the exact year. Yeah, around that. I think it's very early 70s. But um, so Miles' band, obviously, as you can imagine, are just all aces. And so they just kind of start improvising a groove. Miles isn't on the stage. And the band's playing a, a groove for literally, you know, 20 minutes just by themselves. And Miles comes out, starts walking around. Doesn't like the doesn't like the groove. Walks off stage. The band looks at each other. Start a new groove. They play for another half an hour without Miles there. Miles walks out, plays a couple notes, boop, boop, doesn't like the groove, walks off the stage again. And then he comes out for a third time after they started a new groove. And then he did just improvising over all of the, basically the, the, the basic tracks of Bitches Brew uh, and played for like, I don't know, two or three hours in that. That was what uh, my godfather John said was uh, one of the best shows he ever saw, and one of the most interesting um, characters. Very obviously, a lot of uh, a lot of charisma with Miles Davis, as you could imagine. But he said it was like uh, I mean, I think he saw right around then he saw the Stones on the Exile on Main Street tour. Oh and, wow! Um, so, but he said that that was one of the most captivating things he's ever seen. Um, so. I, I've always loved that story. I wish I could have seen that show, uh, amongst many others in his uh, personal catalog of shows. We're talking about Tom Cochran, I think, as well. Yeah, so he, he 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 was part of a band called uh, Bear Mother, B-A-R-E yeah. Mother, and uh, he played. They toured all around Canada, and um, he left to go to school because I think the band had gone through a bunch of lineup changes and nothing was really happening. Um, so he went to school, and then the remnants of that band went on to become Tom Cochran's backing band, right. Rider. Yeah, I don't know anything about Tom Cochran other than "Life Is a Highway," which yeah. is the song that will always get stuck in my head for mm-hmm. no apparent reason. It's a great song because I saw it in the film. What's the fucking Steve Martin film that it's in? He's cheaper by the dozen. The one where he's got like twelve kids. Oh yeah, yeah. I forgot about that, that movie. Yeah. <laughs> the, the best. I mean, it's probably best forgotten about. To be yeah. honest, yeah. The best Tom Cochran song, in my opinion. Uh, Tom Cochran and Red Rider song is uh, Lunatic Fringe. It's awesome. Okay. It's a great yeah, song. Lunatic Fringe is a good song. It's a really good song. Uh, there's uh, so Ken Greer, who's uh, my godfather John's buddy, uh, he plays a wicked lap steel on that song. It's really cool. But uh, go check out that song, Lunatic Fringe. It's a w- wicked song. It's about going crazy. Well, one thing that you have been going crazy for over here. Oh, nice transition. Nice transition. Wow. Nice transition. <laughs> Actually, I was going to ask, cause, you know, speaking of the Miles Davis thing where he starts walking on stage and then walking off and then disappearing, have you guys ever had to start a show with someone like missing or like you're about to go on stage and you like can't find 
Nope. Um, I was. I mean, we uh, we were we got uh, called to the stage while I was still peeing. Uh, the other day. The other day. That's Sometimes I feel mentally missing. Nothing crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it happened once with like the first guy Luke and I ever played bass with. Right. That was like in our band. We're like one time we was like we had to play and he hadn't come back from his walk with his girlfriend at the time and then uh, we were like setting up getting ready to play and he just like strolled in like what's going on? What's up boys? I'm like yo we got to play like right now. Shout out to Mike Crawford. Yeah. <laughs> um. Well, one thing you were going crazy for over here, we spoke a lot about Subway uh, last time. So, did we? Yeah, we did. I don't remember. Yeah, yes, we did. I do. Yeah, because I, I, I had a, an unhealthy obsession with Subway when I lived out in um, in Ontario for a summer when I was little. But um, I understand that while you guys have been over here, I saw on Twitter the other day that you have developed an addiction for Greg's. Love Greg's. Yeah. Oh, I, I more can't than say ever. Can't say enough good things about the steak bake. Honestly, that's are you uh, a steak bake guy? I'm a steak bake guy with the uh, americano for what is it two, two fifty? Yeah, something like that. It's cheap. What what, it what are you saying, Kyle? For for the best uh, for the best Greg's item? Oh yeah, I do the same. But you I do just the get steak a large, bake. I just get a large americano. Ross, I just get a coffee. <laughs> <laughs> you got to try their sausage rolls. Their sausage rolls are a thing of legend over here. A uh, legend? I'll, t- I'll try it. Actually, I got a banana last time I was there. Great produce. You can get a banana anywhere. Yeah, but not a what Greg's, a Greg's banana. banana. A yeah. Greg's banana. Yeah, they grow them themselves. Hand-picked by Greg himself. Yeah. In, in the back. Yeah. 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 Next to the... Uh, I, I, I prefer the chicken bake. Personally. The chicken bake? Oh, yeah. See, I with, the, with the creamy chicken sauce. See, I like that shit. That's what Kevin had that today. I don't want to start a rumor on the show, but Greg himself, I've heard, goes to every single Greg's in this font in the UK. Mm-hmm. Checks everyone out to make sure it's up to quality every day. I've heard that as well. And uh, so actually, the Santa Claus of pastries and. Wait, who 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 does this? Greg. Okay. Yeah. The name. Oh, the, as in yeah. as in. Sorry, yeah. Greg's. Oh yeah. Yeah, he's well. His Greg surname, S. Greg S. Yeah, his his surname is. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Greg's. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we also had some of their pastries at that. Well, I had one of those coconut things. Yeah, they're pretty good. Oh those yeah, pretty good. Oh. that's like we have the, we have the equivalent in Canada. It's just like that is Greg's is your Tim Hortons. I was fucking gonna say Tim Hortons. Yeah. you can have Greg's if we can have Tim Hortons. Honestly, I would make that trade. Because oh, I... they, well, they should talk. Yeah. <laughs> well, you for sure can't get a coffee and a steak bake for two fifty at Tim Hortons. No, you can't. You Tim can't. Hortons is like for a meal is like fifteen dollars. You can get Timbits. Can you still get Timbits? Oh yeah, of yeah. course. Oh That's man. Staple. Donut holes elsewhere. That's how they got Bullshit term. Home. No. So we, when we were kids, though, um, Tim Hortons would make everything from scratch at the at the restaurant, and now they do not. But. Um, there's a lot more variety, and I'm down with their new partnership with Reese's because I'm a I'm a big peanut butter guy. So. Do lo- do love some peanut butter? Yeah, love some Reese's. Can't go wrong with the pieces of Reese. Mm-hmm. Krispy Kreme do like a Reese's donut, which is. I'm down with pretty. all of uh, Reese's collaborations. Or, yeah. uh, they haven't made a bad ca- collaboration no. yet. Yeah. So, Reese's on fire yeah. these days. Yeah. What we're, a body of work. We're looking to do a collab with them. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. 
If anybody's got a Reese's hookup, hit us up, please. I hear um, uh, they're doing a collaboration with Rick Rubin next. Yeah. And then uh, and then Vans, they're doing their own line of Reese's Vans Ooh, shoes. Nice. Reese's Yeezys. It's cozy as peanut butter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like there's actual peanut butter in yeah, there. Yeah, foot just sticks in. Yeah, yeah. it's molding. That's, you don't have to tie the laces, but you can't get them off. Yeah. So you're like stuck with peanut butter shoes for so life. Yeah, you need a dog. <laughs> Shit out. Oh, they go nuts for peanut butter. Dogs? Yeah, my dog goes crazy. <laughs> oh, yeah? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, do, I, do, um, I, I do remember Tim Hortons being very good. I Like I was saying, I spent a, a summer out in Ontario when I was seven. So a long time ago now. This mm-hmm. is like 2001. Okay. My dad worked in toronto for a bit and i think we were staying in is it mississauga yeah we're a little south of mississauga and uh tim hortons was like the best thing ever for me i was seven so i was like fucking going crazy for those tim bits yeah so you said 2001 right yeah that was still the golden age <laughs> yeah yeah because the, there was the merger with burger king that was with wendy's though. burger wendy's? king Burger no, King. no, Burger King bought them recently. They weren't merged oh. with Wendy's, they just like franchised together. Kind of oh, like Taco was, Bell and Pizza That Hut. was still awesome. You can get the best of both worlds. <laughs> Wendy's, wow. Uh, is Wendy the one that does the square burgers? Yeah. Is that right? Because yeah, they don't yeah. cut corners. Hey. Yeah, very good. Literally. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> where, where, whereabouts is it in Ontario where you guys are from? Uh, Kyle and I are from Dundas, Ontario. Mm. Um very close to uh it's i guess it's i guess technically now a subdivision of hamilton ontario yeah which is the corner the very bottom corner of lake ontario and then ross is from just a little bit further away um a little east of there Mm -hmm. i'm from welland which is near niagara falls okay near like the border where buffalo is right okay um yeah, but close enough. Very close. <laughs> yeah, now we all live in the same city. In the same house. How, how long in the are, same room. What? Cole, how long have you and Luke been playing uh, in bands together? Uh, we've been doing this since we were like 15, 16. We started the band when we were 16. Yeah. yeah. The summer of 2006. Got my first Big Muff pedal. And uh, I was camp counselor. And uh, the... The other camp counselors nicknamed me uh, Billy Madison because I would dominate the dojo at whenever it came to the end of the day dodgeball. Oh, all the kids oh yeah. Around. Yeah. And uh, O'Doyle ruled. Let me say that. <laughs> Apologies to all the... Uh, O'Doyles out there. Yeah. Did you, did you think the pee in your pants was cool? Um, I mean, yeah, certainly. I still do it a little bit every day. Yeah. Oh, some... You just can't be bothered sometimes. I'm just like a little dribble. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's I'm not enough to go to. Nobody. No. <laughs> You're binge watching your latest Netflix show. You don't want to stop to pee. Yeah, that's exactly. what it works for. In today's fast changing yeah. world, that's what uh, adult diapers are for. I don't really binge Netflix. Everyone's kind of got a thing for binging on Netflix, and I just I can't do it. I too restless. Yeah, yeah. I just I watch maybe like three episodes tops of like something like RuPaul's Drag Race or. Fucking amazing interiors, because I'm really into those, like, <laughs> like, I'm an eye on that one, like property, property porn. 
Mm -hmm. Property boring. Yeah, it looks it's, cool. It's what it, yeah, like we got some amazing property shows over here. So, like, I can watch maybe three, but they all say the same thing. They always go from the outside. It just looks like an ordinary house, but you never guess what's inside. And then yeah. oh, it's a you gotta get it's a clickbait. Yeah, yeah. but they all say just, the same thing, and it's yeah. like oh, well, this seems like a drag now. Yeah, yeah. I can't binge on Netflix. Yeah, so like, I struggle. It what depends you, for me on the show. What you gotta do is yeah. you gotta get a huge bag of Doritos. Some cokes, a huge pizza from Plaza Pizza. Preferably. Shout out, um, shout out, and then you just put on Riverdale. And you just lay in bed and you're just like, "This is my life now." That's yeah, what you do. I I never watched Riverdale before. I do the same, but play acoustic guitar and watch World War Two in color. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's my jam. I've just been playing Spider-Man 4, the <laughs> Spider-Man game a lot for PS4. <laughs> the last console I properly owned was like a PlayStation 2. I'm still playing like GTA San Andreas. That's or like sick. the Spider-Man 2 movie game adaptation that thing. One. That was good fun. That was like the first one where you could actually like walk on the ground. Yeah. We've gone fucking way off track here. But, um, it's alright. What, what, what was the scene like in... Um, in, in Hamilton when you started when you two started playing in bands together I mean we didn't even know what the scene was like because we were just in Dundas yeah. which uh, it, it's basically a retirement community so oh okay there, yeah. I mean there were some ba the bands that we looked up to were like there was if, if you want to get into specifics so there was one band so there's two high schools in Dundas Highland and Parkside and at Highland there was a band called Red Light and at Parkside there was a band called Quarter Session and it was kind of like a Beatles Stones thing but like both bands were like 16 like a turf war turf yeah, war exactly, exactly. Um, so those were the two bands that we kind of I think looked up to when we were kids what was kind of like the goal to, for, for like the common goal between bands to kind of like was it to get a show in Toronto or was it to Get a show elsewhere. I can't even remember I mean, later. Kind of goals. Like I think like, it started like I remember like bands would play like the band at the school would play mm. the assembly at the end of the year at our high school and I remember being like that was yeah, like the grand I want to fucking do that. That's yeah. like the cool shit. Then then we'll be All like the girls will see us. And then we did that and it was like well, how. And then I, it was like Luke and I being like I don't know what do we do? How do we play like a real show? And then we emailed the promoter uh, in Hamilton Brody for like hey how do we play a show? And he was like you can play this one. So we did that, and then next it was like, what else do we do? I guess we could play in Toronto. How do you do that? <laughs> and then we just went from there. It just kind of, yeah, we didn't really have anyone who really mentored us in that way because there just wasn't really anybody. It, we had very few bands who were peers because it was such a small town. Um, and no one, yeah, no one really did, like, played real shows outside of the city. Like, we were so insulated that way. I think our goals were pretty modest for the first like five years of the band like they, they were just kind of like our goals were more or less to uh were to continue cultivating a local following and um, right and keep like i mean we sucked when we started uh so we just wanted to keep learning our instruments neither of us had really played in a in a band that had played more than like one cover show or anything right. like that so i mean like was learning how to play music but Ross grew up in like a far more musically rich area than we did like a lot a lot of awesome bands came out yeah. of where Ross right. was legendary 
Who who are we talking? Mm, well, uh, I grew up in Niagara, so right. like the Niagara area, and the I guess like the biggest band that ever came out of Niagara was Alexis on Fire. I've heard of them. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. So there was like a, a lot, a huge music scene because like when Alexis on Fire took off, everybody was like, oh, we can make bands, we can tour, we can do whatever. So there was like a very good like punk rock hardcore scene. Mm. Um, so when I was younger, I grew up like pretty much in high school. As soon as I started going to shows and stuff, I kind of knew how how you book a show, how you go about it, right. how like you do all that stuff. And um, and I didn't, I didn't start playing in a band till, or bass. I I was a hardcore singer for in high school, but um, do you still dabble? Oh yeah. Be <laughs> more than dabbles. Yeah. Uh, but um, yeah. So like, um, there's always a huge scene of musicians who've uh, were who eventually dove into every genre of music possible that are very mm. talented. And so I was lucky. Or if it wasn't for that, I probably would be like a doctor or something. <laughs> scientist. Scientist. Yeah. A well, doctor scientist. Prime do- minister. Yeah. Prime Minister of the world. Of the world. Yeah. <laughs> it's not off the table. Yeah. It's still yeah. gonna happen. It's, yeah. I mean, early days. Yeah. yeah. Maybe a couple of beers time. You're like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start. I'm doing it. my campaign. I'm yeah. just yeah. picking on the record, doing well, and yeah. I can just pay my way in. There you go. <laughs> That's good. You heard it here first. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I must admit, I was uh, d- uh, talking to my um, uh, to my dad on the way here, saying, Oh, I've got the Dirty Nil on the podcast. They're from Ontario, and um, and he was like, Oh. Ask him if they like Danko Jones, because that's like one of his favorite bands, and they're from. I He's think... from like Toronto or something. Yeah. 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 Danko is an interesting character. I I I mean, it's hard because we grew up with him in a different context than I think the rest of the world did. Because mm. it was like I think people have a tendency to take for granted like the things that are local, like in in certain ways, because like it's yeah. just you're just used to it, right? Right. But it's funny, like the reverence with which he is kind of referred to and uh, and and spoken about the, the that that kind of status that he entertains abroad. I w- I would say is not the status that he has at home. Oh like, really? Yeah, I mean, like, and and not in a bad way. It's just it's it's just like a. It's interesting to note how. The differences, but I mean, like we grew up. I remember Danko Jones on the radio and on the like on Much Music, which mm-hmm. is like our MTV. And I remember when I was a kid, I was like super, super pumped about it, hearing like loud guitars and like super catchy, simple rock songs. But I kind of quickly like went off into different things that were more exotic, um, like like UK bands or mostly American bands because. As I said, like I think that there is not not for everyone, but for me at least, I, um, when I was growing up, I, I kind of overlooked a lot of things that were local because they were local. You, mm. know, you just kind of get used to them being there, like Tim Hortons. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah. take it for granted. Mm-hmm. But fuck, that guy puts on a good show. Who dank? Uh, I was yeah. about to say who Tim Horton. Like, yeah, <laughs> oh. he rips. Yeah, dude, he's skate up and down the ring. Yeah, died in a car crash though. I'm like uh, calling him Daddy Danko. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I actually don't even know if I know of a Danko Jones song. I love it when it goes like this. I don't know that one. Yeah, well, I it goes remember. like that. But I know he's like an <laughs> important person of the Canadian music scene. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Do you want to rock? 
That's another one of his, isn't it? Do you want to rock? Yeah. I do want to rock. Mm-hmm. You do want to so rock. I resonate with I resonate with all of his messages for sure. <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> hey guys, Danny here. Sorry to interrupt the uh, the little chat that I'm myself I'm having with the Dirty Nil right now. I hope you're enjoying the episode. Just want to butt in here just to say that uh, if you really like what you're hearing, then feel free to subscribe to Bitchin' Brew. Uh, there's a link in the description. We go out on Apple Podcasts. We go out on SoundCloud. We go on Acast. And um, as of well, as of this week, we now go out on Spotify as well. You can go back and listen to all the previous episodes of Bitch and Brew on Spotify. Really awesome to find it be on that platform. I know this probably goes out on loads of other platforms as well. So whatever your sort of uh, preferred uh, medium for podcasts, then go and subscribe on there. But if you if you are listening on one of those four platforms, then subscribing on there. Sorry, that was a beer burp right there. Mm. Man, that IPA is just too good. Anyway, what was I saying? Yes, the four platforms, uh, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Acast, Spotify. If you listen on one of those, then, you know, please subscribe. Please share it with your mates um, on the social medias or mediums. Sorry. Um, and, uh, yeah, stay tuned for loads of great episodes coming soon and loads of great episodes which have already happened. We'll get right back into my chat with the Dirty Nil right after I play um, another song from their phenomenal new album, Master Volume, which is out now on Dine Alone Records. Uh, this track is a song that I actually heard a long time ago, uh, certainly live, at least from the Dirty Nil, when they played 2000 Trees Festival last year. It's been in their set list for a little while, so it's so great to finally have a recorded uh, version of this song in my life, because it's been a live staple of their set for... Uh, for so long and it's an absolute rager so uh, let's get right into it like I said part two of my chat with Luke Ross and Kyle from the Dirty Nil right after this this is always high
Um, well, I wanted to obviously talk about Master Volume um, and sort of the, I suppose, I don't know if shamelessness is the is the right way of saying it because I feel like obviously moving on from higher power it's got a sort of a cleaner and a crisper production mm-hmm. um, but it's lost none of that sort of you know that sort of piss and vinegar kind of you know hardcore punk thing that you had on on higher power but do, do you do you believe in the the idea of a guilty pleasure at all because when I listen to master volume I hear I hear like cheap trick and I know obviously you do a big star cover in, mm-hmm. in this set so mm-hmm. is that is that do you think guilty pleasure is is a thing which should even exist I think that I mean I can only speak for myself on this thing but I think I would say that one of the big differences between our like our ideas of music that have changed uh, since Ross has joined is that we have absolutely zero boundaries in terms of what we enjoy and I, we have zero guilty pleasures that just, mm. just that doesn't exist anymore like we or if it ever did it doesn't exist now um we listen to every type of possible con- conceivable music we listen to a ton of just like early 2000s pop music and which was a good time yes yeah. And we listen to we listen to the scummiest hardcore. It doesn't matter, and that kind of the freedom that I think that we experienced on uh, when we were making these songs um, was um, just a really beautiful feeling for me personally as somebody bringing material to the band and not having any kind of dogmatic thoughts of like we can do this can't do that we're trying to frame ourselves this way or we just did whatever we wanted to do and not believing in any kind of rules as as kind as 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 kind of you know um that that can kind of be a bit of a tired mantra to have but we just didn't we didn't have the only thing that we were concerned about was whether we were satisfied with the compositions mm-hmm. and whether we thought they're ripped whether we thought the songs you know ripped but the other thing too is that i think we also enjoy fucking with people so uh, right and especially people who are dogmatic about this is punk and that's not punk like we uh i can speak for myself and just say that i enjoy toying with that kind of thing like that's that was to me like when we were sequencing the tracks like when we did please please me um and then did like the kind of one of the sappier songs of mm. Zane right after like that kind of like black and white mm. um uh uh directional change um i think that our band has a complete musical freedom that is exciting for us within it that yeah. we there's nothing that's off limits that we can do. It's just like, it's like we'll 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 start with an idea and then we'll just kind of see where it goes. And it can be soft or it can be white noise, but we can we we don't impose any limitations on ourselves. Yeah, I mean, I I, I guess I could kind of get that vibe when it's in the bridge of "Please Please Me" where the uh, fucking brass comes in. Oh, I was yeah. like, holy, <laughs> holy shit! This like turned into a fucking jazz chord all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah. It's suddenly become like a fu- fucking Dillinger Escape Plan record. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had a fun time with the saxophone in that one. Yeah, yeah. thank I you to Connor Bennett for that. 
Connor Bennett. We were trying yeah. to go for a ska thing. Yeah, but it went off the rails. <laughs> I think we we uh, also are. Our our, our 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 mantra is troll the world. So troll the world. Yeah, I mean we people don't play pranks enough these days. No, they don't. No, they don't. And I think there's like one of the biggest problems with rock music, as I see it, is people try to take things too seriously. And the all of my heroes, like the replacements and stuff, were always fucking with people. And I think that that energy of just like of of of. Um, Playing with expectations and stuff is is half the fun of being in a rock band for me at mm. least. Um. Well, I wanted to ask about that because, you know, when I when I saw the show at Two Thousand Trees, I was uh, I know I said this before, I was fucking drenched in beer and I got in in the rowboat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People doing the rowing and it was like you know you came out to Sandstorm by Derude and it was pissing down with rain and. Luke, you had that shirt on, which I can't imagine how fucking smelly that shirt is at this point. It's getting pretty, uh, it's getting pretty, uh, dank, crusty. Dank. Danko Jones. It's getting pretty dank. <laughs> <laughs> and you all had your sort of bottles of whiskey, and, and it was just sort of pure sort of rock and roll excess, and I, and I loved it. Um, the, the idea these days of, of the, the quote unquote, the, the, the rock star, do you, you feel like that's something that maybe needs, a big comeback these days because I feel like to maybe put it into more context you know all the things that I've loved over the last few years from whether you know it's punk or indie or emo I think people could you know relate more to those bands and as a result we've kind of lost that uh, sort of um, idolizing those bands that are outlandish out of these out of this world figures you know, like when people used to like worship Kiss. I know you're mm. a big Ace Freely guy, Luke. Um, so, do you think there's enough rock stars in the world these days? Mm. Mm. I mean, there's three sitting right yeah. here, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I think it depends on music a little bit, like, because things, there's like also like a massive shift in focus to different. You know genres of music mm-hmm. over rock and roll like hip-hop characters like and the shit that they get into online mm-hmm. like for example that like machine gun kelly eminem like those kind of beefs that keep happening mm-hmm. are kind of like they're outlandish and they're pretty wild but when you take it back to like the realm of rock and roll it's kind of, it is like absent there mm-hmm. and i feel like people are too too concerned about whatever do you Instead think they're too just... concerned about alienating people? Where it's like, oh, if we don't try and sort of, you know, put across that, you know, we're, we can relate to these people, and if we try and be too outlandish or too, you know, unrelatable, then we're going to alienate I, them. I th- possibly. I think that a lot of people don't actually say what they think and would rather try to, like, appeal in a way. Mm. Like, stay, like, try to keep it as you know in the middle as possible so they right. don't they don't have to like defend themselves for doing this thing or defend themselves for doing that thing mm. what i've noticed in like the last 10 years or so just like everybody in like the rock music or thing everybody's like we're all best friends like i love that band i love that band and like really like nobody like obviously like everybody playing their music's awesome like do your thing it's great but there hasn't been any like band beefs or anything or like people speaking like 
kind of like stirring the pot like it's fun to like get in even if it's a friendly battle or something but like I a think bit of twitter beef a little like slight bit not of even twitter, twi- twitter like i don't even want to fight with people on twitter i just want to like just be like uh huh. Our band's better than your band, and then see what they're gonna do next. But like, that—that's what's missing in this that happened in the '90s or the '80s or the '70s. Mm. Like, everybody just became too like, I can't say anything or else, whatever. Like, it's like, rock and roll's a good time. It's supposed to be fun, and like, and I think that's what like the rap universe has going on right now is like, it's there's like just so much internet nonsense that like people just get sucked into it yeah but um yeah we like to have fun we like <laughs> to joke around we don't ever mean any harm i was just but, this, this conversation suddenly got like super deep when we were talking about tim horton's about 20 minutes ago and just on the ride man and pee pe- in yeah. your pants welcome it to also, the van it also yeah. got like <laughs> super dark in here super yeah. quickly but um uh you know uh, ross it was your first uh first Album. Oh, there we go. We got a phone light on now. I don't know if this helps. It's cool. It's kind of like you need to hold it, un- just underneath your chin it. until like ghost stories. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, it's like a nightlight now. Yeah. We just put a, a Greg's cup. Nice. You need to give it back to Greg. Yeah. Yeah. Is I don't think it that? made it any better. <laughs> it's more like a little thing here now. This is really helpful for a, for an audio-only medium. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So basically, there's a slightly lit up cup <laughs> on our table. Some of those are Greg's cup. Gives you a real yeah. good uh, vision. It gives you a, it's a, an Americano cup, I can assume. Ross, it was it was your first um, it was your first uh, time playing on a Dirty Nil record with mm-hmm. Master Volume. Am I correct? Yep. How did did you find that you sort of locked in with with Luke and Carl quite quickly in the studio? Yeah, yeah, we were really prepared. I think like within the first practice, we were pretty locked in. Mm. I think that's why I probably joined the band. Um, in the first place but like yeah in the studio it was just kind of like we had everything prepared and it was just like we just played because you've been with the band for a little because I saw you at 2000 Trees the year before we keep going back to 2000 Trees mm-hmm. I'm sorry guys. <laughs> All right. but I saw you like the year before with the band so mm-hmm. having that little bit of time to go out on the road and I assume you're obviously all friends beforehand and mm-hmm. so in, in the studio what what's the sort of band dynamic? Are you all quite sort of focused and knuckling down, or is there a lot of, for for lack of a better phrase, is there a lot of fucking around in the studio? I think that this time that we made this record, the second Ross joined, we the the, the agenda was to make this record. Mm. That was our primary focus. Like obviously we have we have a, we had a, an entire career beyond that that we were excited about and everything, but I our tangible focus was to make a really good record like and our first practice with Ross we wrote always high like and it was just like boom so it was it was all of us kind of sitting there saying okay well now we got it now we got a team it was the first like time that I think that we felt like a gang like Mm. we can do this and we're all similarly minded in terms of our motivation and our work ethic so I mean, um, it's in my position, it's imperative to have uh, another person to kind of bounce melodic things off of who plays another melodic instrument to kind of weave things together with and talk about the arrangements and the dynamics and stuff. And like, uh, you know, aside from like how things are going rhythmically. Um, so it was, 
it was clear from the first practice that this was going to be a, a very, very um, uh, optimal chemistry situation. Um, but as 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 Ross said, like it it wasn't. It was it was a, it was a very glove like fit. Um, and our 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 chemistry continues to change around playing with each other. The more we do it, but. Um, when Ross joined, we we had a, we had a few nuggets of things that we were working on. That by the time he had joined, I had already kind of grown to hate these like a couple of the songs. Mm. And Ross brought a very fresh air into those kinds of things, and we kind of said, okay, we'll take this, let's scrap that, like keep uh, keep moving forward. But um, Things really, as I said, were hinged around making this record. So by the time we got into the studio, um, w when things were kind of, when it was clear that we had done God's work and made the greatest album of all time already, then some, there was some fuckery for sure. Okay. But uh, we, we were very focused. I mean, we, we were extremely motivated to make a good recording. I mean, I can only speak for myself personally, but I think there was a lot of sonic goals that I had for uh, higher power that um, I personally felt fell short of right. um, so it was a bit of a it was a bit of a war against myself this time to try and uh, make something that I was proud of uh, from my from my even just the instrumentation that I contribute mm. um, so there there would a, I mean at, by the time we got to the studio, there had been so many conversations about how we should do this and how we should do that. And when we were recording everything, like I would kind of look around the room and say, like, what do you guys think about this guitar tone? Or like, I'm kind of going between these two. <clears throat> and there was like input. <clears throat> we all kind of contributed to to each other's to each other's uh, contribution. <laughs> um, but. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, we were extremely ready to make the record, though. We had we had we had demoed like almost half a dozen times leading up to it and we were on tour basically the entire time leading up to it so we were just basically on steroids getting things ready to make this record so we were very confident and very prepared by the time we went to make it and, and we just kind of went in and banged it out and then once everything was kind of like once all the basics were done that's when it's like Okay, let's phone up Connor to play the saxophone, and let's get out the Farfisa organ or yeah, like that kind played, of stuff. We all played piano. We did uh, on Evil yeah, Side. Yeah, that's. Uh, oh wow. Yeah, yeah, and so we we were all very, as I said, we were all extremely focused around um, making making something that we were all going to be very proud of, and. Um, I mean, as I said, there was no, there was very little downtime from the second Ross joined to the second the album was done. It mm. was just like, it was just all of us um, spending pretty much every day together and uh, being a gang focused around a singular goal. And we fucking did it. We fucking did it, and it's a sensational record. And uh, before before we go, because I realise we're getting close to the uh, Aww, sort of you know. Just wanted time. to add though that John Goodmanson was the perfect guiding light for our our project going right. on. Yes, John was awesome in the studio. He was our young cardinal. He was. <laughs> <laughs> um, bef before we go, I wanted to ask obviously about the. Um, 
you know, because like I said earlier on this tour, you're doing a big star cover. Mm-hmm. You've obviously done the, uh, you know, cheap trick cover of Surrender. Did mm-hmm. Did Rick Nielsen ever get in touch with Nothing you? Nothing yet from that? Rick. I'm okay. expecting a letter any day now. But uh, I haven't checked my junk mail in the last. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they went into there. Yeah. And and uh, obviously the Metallica cover. Which I fucking love. Thank you. Um, when can we expect the Dirty Nose official cover of Break Stuff by Limp Bizkit? Oh, oh, oh my gosh, we're talking about that. About that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, I think we're gonna have Break Stuff. Uh, we have a couple other really good covers. We have a cover of Sandstorm, actually. San- we have a cover of Sandstorm. Was well, it's in Darude? Yeah. yeah. Let's Fuck. just say the next cover we're gonna do isn't Two Doors Down. It's. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> As I said, troll the world. Yeah. Troll the world. <laughs> there are no rules in rock and roll, and anybody that says uh, there are is uh, missing the whole point of the thing. Except you got to use orange amp, Marshall amps, Gibson guitars. Sponsored by Ernie Ball <laughs> Strings, and uh, we're looking for that Greg's shout out. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Get the. Uh, I don't think I have a loyalty card, Greg's, but get that. Get that sponsorship. Yeah. If you're listening, Greg. Greg's. Greg. We love you, Greg. We love you, Greg. Mr. We, we love your. We respect your whole body of work, Greg. Thank yeah. you. And uh, with that, cheers, everyone. Cheers. cheers. Thank you, Danny. Thanks. Well, there you go. The glorious and and warmly welcomed return of the Dirty Nil to Bitch and Brew. Thank you to uh, to Luke and um, Ross and Carl for their time and hospitality in their van. Um, I uh, didn't actually say anything at the start of the episode about the show that they played that evening at the Joiners in Southampton, but I, I didn't have any notes about this, but it was all just pure sort of rock and roll excess though you know those three guys on stage the the venue wasn't it wasn't sold out it wasn't quiet but it wasn't like you know sold out and sort of crammed in like the joiners can be sometimes but they still played to that crowd like it was Wembley Stadium it was that they're such larger than life figures on stage and so entertaining and they pretty much played I think with the exception of maybe one or two tracks, I think they played pretty much the entirety of Master Volume. Um, and some of those songs already stand kind of toe-to-toe uh, with uh, the sort of the more established songs in their set list, like the Wrestle You'd Husker Do and uh, No Weaknesses and Fucking Up Young, Cinnamon. Man, it was... Oh, and they did their cover of Hit the Lights by Metallica, which if you haven't heard yet, go on to Spotify, where um, that, that the Spotify version of the album ends on their cover of Hit the Lights by Metallica, which is fucking brilliant. Uh, no further explanation necessary for that one. But um, go and pick up the album, Master Volume. It is out now on Dine Alone Records. Uh, it's available on all your usual digital platforms, but it's also available on vinyl and CD. I'll put a link in the bio for you to go and uh, order a copy of that. I can imagine it's a great sounding album on vinyl. Um, there's no more sort of UK and or sort of mainland European dates announced as of yet. I'm kind of hoping for them to announce some more uh, in sort of early 2019. So uh, I suppose we'll just have to stay tuned for that. Um, but uh, they are doing a headline tour of the United States and their native Canada. That's starting in late October. I don't have all the dates in front of me, but it's starting in late October and it's going through into early December. So it's a long old tour, but that's because the uh, the United States and Canada is quite large. So if this podcast has, you know, 
by some miracle made it out to that side of the Atlantic, then get out to a show because it really is one of the best nights out that you can imagine. Um, thank you for listening. Uh, please, by all means, subscribe and uh, give me a nice review on Apple Podcasts. That is, if you have liked the show um we go out on apple Podcasts and soundcloud and acast and spotify i've explained this all in the sort of interval of the show beforehand but um yeah subscribe uh i'm on facebook i'm on twitter i'm on instagram drop me an email i'll put all of this in the in the bio so you can just click on it and go on it as opposed to having to write something up as i say it but um I'm also thinking about setting up a, a sort of a Patreon page for, for Bitchin' Brew. It's something I've thought about for a little while. Um, I'm currently trying to sort of work out all the logistics of, of how we do it because I'm not necessarily in a position where we can do like extra content for people who pay, but maybe just setting up a Patreon is almost like a, a sort of an online tip jar. Um, just, uh, you know, if you like what you heard, then I'm trying to save up for some better recording gear so that we bring you kick-ass content but with high quality audio so you know if that is something you're willing to contribute towards then i'll have a little think about it uh just um you know like like the uh, bitch and brew page on facebook or follow me on twitter and i'm be sure to keep you posted um about all that uh when i've when i've actually figured it out when i've found the fucking time to do it but um let's talk about the 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 next episode of the podcast because uh it's it's quite time this one i recorded a little while but before i recorded the one with the dirty nil um but i want to hold it back a little bit because there is some spooky subject matters i talk about uh with jock norton the singer and guitarist of the brilliant uk rock trio uh puppy uh, so we talk about horror films and uh, Motley Crue and Marilyn Manson and Rob Zombie and, and the occult uh, slightly as well. And, you know, some of those riffs are just uh, 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 horrific, but in but in all the all the best ways. So, yeah, uh, Jock Norton from Puppy will be uh, my next guest on Bitch and Brew number 31. Um, God, I'm getting old now, but... <laughs> um, Something I did want to say um, is that if you are listening to this on the week that I'm putting it out, um, at the sort of start of October, I am recording a new episode um, this Friday, and it is with a rather unorthodox guest. Um, he was mentioned, in fact, on this podcast just a little bit earlier on, and he's been mentioned on many of the podcasts that I've been put out. Yes, that's right. My um, my guest on the podcast I'm recording this Friday is uh, none other than my dad, um, Mark uh, Mark Bomber Randon. Um, and I, I know a lot of you who maybe don't know me personally are thinking, Danny, why the fuck are you getting your, your dad on the podcast? That's so lame. But... Um, He's not like normal dads. He he rocks harder than I do. He kicks ass. He's in bands and I'm not in bands at the moment. So, you know, I feel like he's kind of earned his his time on Bitch and Brew and we're going to probably just talk about our relationship with one another and and how we kind of have always bonded through music and and sort of his experiences as a musician I'm sure he's I've been asking him to sort of compile some uh some some cracking anecdotes some cracking stories from his days of touring back in the late 80s early 90s and 
and sort of going into the start of my life and how we bonded over over rock music and riffs and Iron Maiden and ACDC and Motorhead and Thin Lizzy and all the bands that we uh, sort of mutually love, all of the newer bands as well. Um, I know some of you out there, some of the listeners, either know my dad well or have at the very least met him. Now is your chance to ask him anything. We're going to do an AMA session at the end of the podcast. Uh, so make sure you get your questions in, even if, it, you know, ask him anything, even if it's at the expense of my embarrassment. Let's hear him. Honestly, hit me up on Twitter, on Facebook, send me an email with your question. Uh, just do it this week. Do it in the next couple of days uh, of this podcast being released uh, so that I can ask him when we record it this Friday. Um yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. I think that's all I have to say. This is really weird, not reading word for word off a script, but thank you for, for sticking with me and for, for listening to this podcast all the way through. I had a fucking amazing time. I hope you had a fucking amazing time as well. And uh, until next time, I'm Danny Randon. This has been Bitchin' Brew. Uh, rock on and listen to the Dirty Nil. I'm out of here. Peace. <laughs>